Welcome to Teach Musically, the music studio teacher's guide to business and pedagogy resources. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. Today's discussion is all about how the pandemic affected our private teaching, namely the shift from in-person to online lessons. I don't think any of us could have predicted that teaching music online would become such a big part of our lives. But here we are after almost two years and many teachers have decided that they want to teach online indefinitely because they love it. There are others though, myself included, that can't wait to teach in person full time. Let's go back and reminisce. How did you feel when you first heard about the big lockdown? For us, that would have been on March 2020. I was scared because it was unlike anything we've ever experienced. I didn't know how severe the virus was and I panicked a little bit inside. I was thinking, how long will we have to stay inside? Would it be days, months, or years? Just the unknown of it was really scary. It was really scary and really stressful. And since both our parents are healthcare professionals, I think this really hit home for us when they said it was a lockdown and it showed how severe it was. Definitely. So obviously we realized we could not continue teaching in person. It would definitely go against the rules and be really risky for us. So I started to see many schools and extracurricular activities shift to online classes. So I think many of us followed suit. I'd never taught online piano lessons and I had no clue how I would do it or how it would go. So I sent out a mass email to my studio letting them know I was going to offer lessons online. Yes, it was all so new, but at the same time, we need to keep earning an income. So the show must go on. To be honest, I was a little excited to move my private studio online despite not really knowing what I was doing because I thought of it kind of like a challenge. However, I was a little bit nervous because I had to teach my classroom theory online through live streaming and that was scary because for sure I did not know how to live stream. That must have been intimidating to jump into a big group class like that. In terms of my students, I think in the first couple weeks of the pandemic, most people just put their lessons on pause because I think a lot of them thought, oh, it'll just be a few weeks or maybe a couple of months. We'll just wait it out. But I think once people realized that we're kind of in this for the long haul, they all decided to join in and try online classes. How about you? How did your studio react? Well, for my theory class, which was through a music school at the time, the students and teachers didn't really have much of a choice because there was only a few weeks before their exams. I was surprised and also grateful for my private studio to hop on board and they were quite eager about it. I think the parents wanted to maintain a sense of normalcy and routine for their kids during that stressful time. Yeah, for the most part, I had almost all of my students try an online class at some point, but there were a few that never did. Once the restrictions had relaxed and these students restarted, it was pretty interesting to see how my online students had developed compared to my in-person students. But we'll talk more about that later. Do you remember your very first online class? Were you nervous? How did it go? I was a little nervous, but I was way more excited to test out the online setup, how to work with Zoom, the gear that I had, and just to see what the students and I could do. There were no rules and everyone was very understanding about the adjustments. So we were just rolling with the punches and being good sports about it. I think at that point for us, yes, the quality of the learning and teaching experience was important, but I think just being the source of positivity was much more valuable during that initially chaotic and stressful time for everybody. That's true. I was really nervous. I had no clue what I was doing or which platform I should use. I decided to use WhatsApp video since most of my students' parents already talked to me through WhatsApp, so I just figured that would be easy. When I did my first online lesson, it was a weird feeling and I noticed it was taking a lot longer to do some basic things. Something like helping a student find their hand position. When I'm teaching in person, I can just take their hand and plop it down on the keys. Really easy. 
When I'm doing an online lesson, I have to break it down into a million steps. Show me your left hand. Show me finger two. Find F. No, not that F. No, up an octave, down an octave. It just take forever. And it was so, so frustrating. Yeah, it is really frustrating teaching young kids online. I can definitely agree with that. And I think the first few lessons were definitely a big learning curve for students and teachers. Especially, like I just said, the young ones who definitely need help from an adult to even just have their eyes look in the correct place. And I think, though, that over the last two years, kids have become quite tech-savvy and gotten more used to online learning. We as teachers have also developed much better systems and setups to let the lessons flow more smoothly. Mm, You can speak for yourself. I'm still teaching some students (laughs) on my phone through WhatsApp. Um, I just never really invested time into upgrading I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the pandemic that I would still be doing online lessons after two years, I would have definitely invested in a much better setup. But as time went by, I kept thinking, oh, it's not going to be that much longer. How much longer could this possibly go on? You're right, though. Students are now much more used to online learning and they can focus and manage themselves much better. But I know you're the total opposite of me in terms of technology. You're big into tech and you have a really cool setup. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm quite proud of my acoustic and electronic setup. Because I also do a lot of audio and video editing, I'm lucky that a lot of the gear that I needed for my online studio, I already had to make it work. My first setup was with the acoustic piano, but with the way that my piano was located in the room, I ended up getting a lot of back pain from the posture, so I decided to move my setup completely electronically with the keyboard. Both setups had a side and overhead camera, which really helps the students. And I also use my iPad to screen share and write on the music to make instructions more clear. Wow, I admire you a lot for all your hard work and your amazing setup. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's pretty clear that you actually enjoy online teaching much more than I do. And you actually mentioned to me a few times that you want to try to do online full time. So I want to know what is it that you like so much about online versus in-person teaching? I think the reasons why I enjoy online teaching more than some teachers is because of the setup that I have, because it allowed me to avoid a lot of the communication struggles. While I don't think you need a fancy setup like mine, I can definitely see that there can be a lot of headache and struggle if both the teachers and students are working off a laptop and phone respectively. So having those different angles um, and the iPad can make it just easier with the communication. I also think that a lot of it has to do with the levels that my students are at, their age, and how I teach. I'm very lucky my students are mature and independent enough to handle online lessons on their own. Mm -hmm. I didn't have as many young beginners at the time. Um, I think that's very different for you. And lastly, I think the main reason I like teaching online is because I'm fairly sensitive to the energies of other people. So having students and parents come in and out of my home studio back to back and having to adapt to each student in person immediately was really taxing for me. Mm -hmm. So in a way, the computer screen kind of acts like my protective energy shield. Mm-hmm. However, when teaching online, I immensely miss the nonverbal, the subtle but necessary cues we teachers use to encourage students musically, the ability to manipulate the hand and the sound quality. So Leanne, what do you find difficult about teaching online? I do see what you're saying about not having people come in person. It's kind of like a protection of your home and your space. But for me, though, it's not really enough to make the change full time. I just find it so hard to connect with the students in the same way online. And I think part of this could be because I teach a lot of really young kids, um, 10 and under. It could also be part of my teaching style. I like to use lots of games and movement and duet playing, and all of this is really difficult through a screen. Absolutely. Another big advantage to online lessons is that there's no disruption when there's bad weather. We live in Canada and we can have some really bad driving conditions in the winter, which can lead to cancellations and lost income. 
Good point. I may use online lessons in the future for bad weather days. I have to say, as a travel teacher, this was pretty nice. I got to skip a whole season of rough winter driving and it kind of felt like winter never even happened. I also still let students do an online lesson when they're like a little bit sick, like a mild cold, not sick enough to take the week off, but not well enough to come in. Um, I do appreciate this because I can avoid getting those seasonal colds, which I usually get a couple times a year. So let's get into something that we don't like about online teaching. Leanne, I know you have a lot, so why don't you start? Sure. So one of the most challenging things for me was just holding my students' attention. It became so much harder. I have to repeat instructions over and over. They get really distracted by their device and things around them in their home. I've even had little ones like just run away from the piano and there's nothing I can do. I'm like, hello, are you there? Come back. And I also find myself less focused and I would just zone out a lot more. I just found it to be much less engaging for me. I can definitely agree with you about the young kids having difficulty just maintaining their attention. And then in a way that also kind of feeds back to you and it feeds back to them and then everyone's just not focused. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely a struggle for young children to do music online without the help of a parent. When they have the music, the keys and all the cameras and videos to look at, it becomes really difficult for them to keep their attention because their eyes are naturally just going to want to wander just to figure out what to focus on. So I highly recommend having a parent around just to be the guardrails for the kids and just jump in by helping to point where they need to look. It's truly a three-person dynamic. What about you, Leanne? Do you like having parents sit in on lessons? I actually prefer parents don't sit in on lessons in general. I think my style of teaching is a little bit more silly and goofy, which my students do like, but I feel like when a parent is watching me, I can't really be my full self, um, so I have to mm. kind of hold back. I also had a bad experience with a parent sitting in with online lessons this year. What happened? Well, first off, I'll say that I do appreciate their help because I don't think this student could have done the lessons without them. But he became quite controlling and would sort of take over the lesson. He was really impatient with his daughter and didn't give her time to answer questions. It created like a really tense environment. Oh, that is tricky. Did you ever address it with him? I did consider it a few times because it was starting to irritate me and stress me out so much, but I just could never do it. I decided not to because I knew that eventually they'll go back to in-person and I didn't want to make him feel bad. I know their family went through a lot with the pandemic and they were under a lot of stress, so I just figured they're doing the best they can and I just tried to get through the class each week and keep the vibe nice and positive. Did you get any issues like this? I hadn't had too many occasions of parents causing disturbances in lessons. They're usually just there as a presence behind the camera and step in when necessary, but even then it's been very rare. I have had a parent who sat in for the online lessons, but really just browsed on their phone. It was just like time for themselves. And I think in this case, I would have really wanted their help because the student really needed someone to just help contain their focus. So they weren't really weren't paying any attention. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure they had no idea what was going on. <laughs> okay, so another thing that drove me nuts about online lessons was that I could not work on technique in the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm a very hands-on teacher with developing the hand shape and relaxed arms and posture. And I just feel like I couldn't communicate the concepts in the same way through a screen. Did you find that too? Yeah, I definitely found that with students of all levels. And sometimes I just wish I could just like reach through the screen and grab their hand for them and mold it. Mm -hmm. It would just have been so much easier and more efficient. 
Um, but I'm also really adamant on making my students be able to be independent learners, um, even in the in-person lessons. So I often use language or exercises that allows them to make their own informed decisions because when they're practicing at home, I'm not going to be there with them. So I think because of this, the transition online for my students wasn't as big of a struggle. It wasn't as big of a leap. But for new students, completely new students that started online, it was definitely a learning curve. Yeah, I actually avoided starting any new students strictly online. I I told them let's wait till we're back in person because I didn't think I could handle, you know, setting up the hand posture through the screen. Oh yeah, especially if they're young, like just just wait for in person. Yeah. Another thing that drove me crazy is that it's really hard to work on rhythm. I think with little kids, it's really important to sort of model rhythm and and kind of do it alongside with them as a guide. And it's just not possible online with the little time delay. Yeah, definitely. It's absolutely impossible. Maybe one day technology will be good enough. We can have like real time lessons. That's going to be a game changer, but I really doubt Mm -hmm. that that will ever happen. So I definitely agree. It is a lot easier to teach and develop that sense of rhythm and pulse when you're there to model and be like almost like an influential metronome for them. And in a way, I really enjoyed teaching rhythm online because it forced both me and the students to explore other ways for them to develop that strong sense of pulse because there was literally no no other way. So there were a lot of methods that I never tried in person because it was just easier to model beside them. But I had to use those methods online and with some time and effort, the students with poor rhythm actually developed into students who had a, the best sense of pulse. Can you tell me what are your methods? What did you do? You know, I know it's really difficult for people to do like double-handed rhythms yeah. where one hand is um, tapping out the beat while the other hand is mm-hmm. tapping out whatever rhythm they have there and then forcing them to count out loud while they do that. Yeah. When you're doing it in person, you're just like, I can just avoid all that difficulty. And some students just don't like to speak. And so you just model it with them and they get it. But then when they go home, they forget how it goes. Ever since I did that online and they started to realize that there was no other way but doing that, um, they actually ended up being very successful at rhythm. Okay. So it's like a little push they needed. Yeah, that both of us needed. (laughs) Yes. So now that we've kind of gone back and forth a few times from online, in-person, online, in-person, I want to know, do you see any difference in your students that were online long-term versus those that stayed mostly in-person? Have they developed any bad habits? I know mine have. Oh, mine have developed bad habits, which I didn't realize until they came back in person. I was like, oh no, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) So I think my students kind of flipped in a way. The foundational skills like the sense of pulse, note reading, how to learn music independently, how to listen, those things really developed with every student, partly because that's what we had to focus on. But things like listening to your sound quality, the nuances in the hand posture and the artistry and the musicality that either stayed the same for some students or it decayed because those aspects for me really required in-person instruction. You can't really hear what sound they're making when it gets distorted by Zoom, so there's nothing you can really do. I've noticed my students have developed some bad habits when it comes to posture, especially sitting too close to the piano, um, a little bit of improper pedaling technique. I've also noticed that tone quality, like you mentioned, is actually a lot weaker, which like you said, I didn't even notice that over Zoom. It's when they came back in person, I was like, oh my goodness. They're not using their arm weight at all. And it's just really hard to to hear that online. The students that came back into in-person lessons, their tone quality was so harsh. And I think it had to do with 
Zoom doing the noise suppression so they would play too quietly. So then I would ask them to play louder so that I could hear. And so when they came back into the studio, their muscle man was just like, play everything triple forte. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so where are you at now with your studio? Are most of your students back in person? Yes, I only have four students left online. And to be honest, I think some of them are sticking to online because they kind of like the convenience of it. How about you? Yeah, especially the adult students for me, they've decided to stay online because of that convenience. Um, but overall, it's been a mix. The young kids are really eager to return to the studio when they're not in lockdown. And some students will flip-flop back and forth depending on their schedule. Even though I really dislike online teaching, I am still really grateful that most of my students chose to continue their studies. I was still able to make a good living and it showed me that parents really do value their lessons and as you said earlier they wanted to maintain that sense of normalcy and routine for their kids. It would be interesting to see how online lessons continue to evolve and change in the way that we teach. What has your experience with online lessons been like? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more great podcast episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!